0: Welcome into the Pursuit of Manliness podcast where we are vigorously equipping men to pursue biblical manliness My name is Jarrett Samuels. I'm the host of the podcast men as always Thank you for taking time and checking out today's show if this is your first time Coming across the Pursuit of Manliness or maybe you've been gone for a while and you're, you're coming back and Seeing what this whole out in the garage thing is about on Fridays. I want to say welcome I'm thankful you're here when you get the opportunity make sure you visit thepursuitofmanliness.com. You can find this podcast episode, but you can find almost 400 other podcast episodes listed there. You can see all the social media links. You can sign up for the email newsletter, read the most recent blog post, a whole lot more. Also, make sure you see what's available in the gear store. We currently have a decal PDA It Up that's available. When you buy that, you get two. Uh, The Outno, forgive me, the Quiet Life t-shirt, the black and orange one. Um, It is re... Stocked. It's back in stock. So we have some of those available now. Uh, You can sign up for the fall men's retreat and you can see uh, all the information about Tribe Session 12, which will begin June 1st. So registration is open right now. Make sure you secure your spot. There's always guys who hear that and think, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then day before, two days after, they're stressing out, freaking out. Their wives are sending me messages asking, can you get in? I know it's too late. I'm just finding out about this. Listen, man, if, if you want to get in it, get in it. We're holding 200 spots uh we have i don't know the number just shy of 50 right now filled up i know that Uh, just shy of that number so we're on the uh, 40 something uh but not only that if you're in it and you're thinking you want other guys to get in like get on them say hey let's let's move on this let's make sure we get our spot secured in this international guys we ship international we have a strong international community as well so you want to get in that if you are watching this on youtube you'll notice a couple things one i am out in the garage And, uh, I remembered almost instantly when I hit record all the things that used to stress me out about going out in the garage. One is I like to keep the door up if possible. I just like the natural air. It's just, it's good, better, but, uh, there's so many variables, so many variables, yard work, buses, people walking by, pets, birds, whatever. And, um, not only that, like moving the equipment, I think I have something figured out here that will work better. I don't like to leave like the microphone in the garage. My garage is not climate controlled, which means um, equipment, special electronics, doesn't do well in extreme heat or winter. But nevertheless, we'll figure it out. I just think it should be out in the garage. I just think that's where it should be. So to the best of my ability, I'm gonna do that. If you're listening on audio, obviously you're not seeing any of this, but I have a different microphone. I hope it sounds okay. This is this will more than likely be the out-in-the-garage microphone because I don't have to move the other microphones for the other podcast. It's a whole thing. And then I got the camera going for you guys on YouTube. So you got that. The second thing is you'll probably notice... So I step back here for your listeners, uh, tribe fitness t-shirt. I'm wearing this in tribe. We have a group tribe fitness. We don't have a workout regime or anything like that. It's just guys who are in that session of tribe can go to tribe fitness group and they get accountability. They get community conversations. Here's what I'm doing. Some guys screenshot, some guys ask questions, whatever. So if you see the shirt, you say, how do I get one of those? I don't know. I don't, I, I didn't buy this one. Um, Kevin Thatcher, who's in tribe and in tribe for a long time, uh, he kind of spearheads that group, gets them all to in together. So this was a shirt for this particular group. I assume they'll stay with that. I don't know. So if you are considering tribe and you're saying, "Hey, I need to get healthy," by the way, physically healthy, um, that is a component that that that's there. Uh, we have a tribe, armed forces group too. I don't know how I got on all that. The other thing I wanted to note was Exodus chapter sixteen. But this podcast is sponsored by Dark Water Woodwork. Exodus 16, Dark Water Woodwork, they go together because the code for this week is Exodus16, all capital letters, one word, and you will save 15% off of your out-in-the-garage beard bundle. That's a beard balm, beard oil, incredible product, high quality, great scent, is not greasy, and it lasts throughout the day. So um, I love it. My wife and kids, they're all for it. All the guys that I know have tried it are like, yep, yep, we're in on that. So Darkwater Woodwork, sponsor of the Out in the Garage podcast, Exodus 16, darkwaterkc.com. Let's get into this now. All that talking, all those thoughts. Would you believe there are absolutely no notes here? So this is just, uh, we're just talking and walking through this just like we do Out in the Garage. Exodus 16, bread from heaven. Now, My Bible has titles above the chapters. A lot of Bibles do, or even portions of chunks uh, within uh, chapters. There'll be titles and stuff. And I've said before, you know, I had a friend who had a Bible that, that it was blank at the top. So the point was, you wrote in what you felt like that was about. I find that interesting because I don't know if I would call this bread from heaven. I think I would call it more like grumbling and complaining because that's what's transpiring here. And this is not the first time the nation of Israel has been brought out of slavery from Egypt parting of the Red Sea once they saw the uh, Egyptians chasing them they accused Moses of just bringing them out there to die God parts the Red Sea they go through the Red Sea engulfs the Egyptians, they sing this, what is called the Song of Moses. we got dancing and all this stuff breaking out. Tambourines are coming out of their hip pockets. Um, probably tambourines that they had pillaged from the Egyptians before they left. But they're singing and dancing, and all of a sudden, the water is bitter in chapter 15. And they grumble and they complain. And we throw a log in there, and suddenly we have good water. In Exodus chapter 16, we're hungry. There, there's a few things that will change a personality, like being hungry. Right, Like there's few things in your life that will move you from being a kind, compassionate, generous, patient individual than being really hungry. I can tolerate some hunger. I could tolerate going without or if I know, hey, in an hour or two we're going to eat or whatever. When my kids were younger, when they were hungry, that, that, was a, that was a greater tension, especially when it was hard to communicate with them. So I, I understand the nation of Israel grumbling and complaining to a degree here. I do. however, I think uh, Moses does a good job of calling them out of who they're really grumbling and complaining to. Exodus 16, they set out from Elam and all the congregation of the people of Israel came to the wilderness of sin, which is between Elam and Sinai on the 15th day of the second month after they had departed from the land of Egypt. The whole congregation of the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. The people said of Israel said to them, "Would that we have died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt They said we'd rather die in Egypt. We'd rather God just killed us in Egypt when we sat by the meat pots and ate bread to the full. For he have brought us into the wilderness to kill the whole assembly with hunger. Now, I, I like sarcasm. I like to have a quick response to things. It gets me in trouble a lot of times. And it's not it's not a gift necessarily, but it can be. It can be a gift depending on how you use it. Uh, I've thought of this time and time again when I read this portion of Scripture. I just wish somewhere it was documented that Moses turned around and looked at them and said, "You are right. You are right. God and I went to this giant ruse of sending blood, river, n- gnats and frogs and darkness and killing cattle and lightning and all those all the, and even to the point of killing the firstborn. and that seemed a little extreme. But we had to get our point across because there were not enough graves for you in Egypt. Actually, Pharaoh was in on this as well because he said, what are we going to do with all these people? So we brought you out here to to kill you. What would they say? There's been times in ministry that people have grumbled and complained against something I've said or done or just me in general, and uh, I've given them some kind of comment back like that. I've said before, I remember someone saying, you know, hey, I I got a bone to pick with you or I'm not happy with you or something like that. And I said, you know, get in line. There's a long line of people who feel the same way, and I don't even know what the bone to pick was or what it was about. Uh, I don't think that person ever... Forgave me for that. I think they were mad at me for the the rest of the time that I I have known them. And still to this day, um, there was someone this weekend who I'm like, I think you're mad at me, but I'm not sure what I did. Uh, But hey, get in line. It won't be the last person mad at me. Uh, Moses, you're going to be in leadership. You're going to have people mad at you all the time. All the time. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you do or what you don't do. Someone will always be upset. I mean, you're going to see people upset with him eventually because they say, so you're the only mouthpiece to this? What do you mean you're the only one that God's speaking to? If you're going to be in a position of leadership, and I think this is why some people choose not to be in leadership, because they know they'd have to lead someone like themselves, you're going to have people grumble and complain. The Lord said to Moses in verse 4, Behold, I'm about to rain bread from heaven. Could you imagine what that looked like when God just unleashed bread from heaven? I'm about to rain bread from heaven. Is there songs about rain and bread? There's songs about fire from heaven, which is never good. Bread from heaven for you the people should go out and gather a day's portion every day that I may test them. I may test them. So God wants to see what's really in their heart. He knows what's in their heart. But see, when you see what's in your heart, which is hard for you to do sometimes, when you see some of the darkness, the bitterness, the anger, the resentment, the cynicism in your heart, you're like, hmm, not as good as I'm trying to be now, am I? I will test them whether they will walk in my laws or not. They don't know how to walk in God's laws. They don't know anything about walking in God's laws. They don't know anything about being the people of God. They think they do. I wonder how many congregations are this way. People walking in and out every weekend who think they're good, who think they're fine, who think they have nothing more to learn or to gain and they're there more of a social gathering or as a club or organization or just to make themselves feel a little better. Um, But they don't know. They don't really know what they're doing. They don't. They don't know the idea of living out a great commission, or you know, discipling the lost. They, they are discipling uh, those who, who, who are to be disciples who make disciples and evangelizing the lost and and being kingdom workers. And and I don't think they know what repentance looks like. And, and you know, like the whole Asbury thing. So many people are coming up to me going, "Well, we need to do something." Uh, at any point when, when when service is over, you're more than welcome to stay after. You're more than welcome to stay as long as you want. Buildings open quite a bit. Come all the time you want. Do are we going to organize a 48-hour? Probably not. Unless the Lord leads us? Probably not. These people didn't know. They didn't know, but this was going to be revealed. Uh, So, six days, bread from heaven. Day six, gather twice as much because you're going to need the next day. So Moses and Aaron said to the people of Israel, this is verse six, and evening you shall know that it was the Lord who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. They didn't know it already. They didn't know it already. And, I, and I'm going I'm to browbeat these guys quite a bit, but I'm browbeating myself because time and time again, I should already know this. I should already know this. I shouldn't have to relive these things. I shouldn't have to experience this stuff over and over. I should have this figured out by now, shouldn't I? And in the morning, you shall see the glory of the Lord because he has heard your grumblings against the Lord. For what are we that you grumble against us? Again, I'll go back to this. I think there's a lot of people who will never be in positions of leadership because they know they'll have to lead people like themselves. There's a lot of people who would run from any opportunity to be a leader in a church. Now there's people who want to be leaders in a church. I think that's a different conversation. What I'm talking about is people that you say, "Hey, would you lead this ministry? Would you lead this team? Would you lead this service hour? Would you lead this group of people, and they don't want any part of it, not that they're not qualified it's that they know they would have to lead people like themselves and it's easier to sit on the sidelines and grumble. It's easier to be in the pew and just, you know, roll your eyes, eyes open, ears closed, go home stand in the kitchen and say, "What a what a mess they made of things that day. Boy, they really made a mess of that worship service. I can't believe she always has to sing that. I can't believe he always says that. I can't believe we always do that. I can't believe we haven't figured that out. I can't believe but to sit at a table and say, "I want to be a difference maker. I want to I want to be a change agent." No, we we don't we don't have that, and so what you have is you have people who have have the giftedness of leadership, but don't necessarily have the heart behind it, and so you get people in churches who rise to places of leadership that wouldn't be a leader anywhere else in the world. There's no other organization, there's no other business, no other job in the within the community that would place that person in a position of leadership, but in churches they've been placed in positions of leadership just because they've been there longer, or because they bought the table. or they they bought the keys so they gave themselves a copy of it or you know, they just happened to be the right person at the right time and now they're in a position of leadership and they have a death grip on it but they're not really leading. They're more controlling, if anything. They lead out of fear, fear that they might possibly lose control. And so we have a leadership problem within our churches. We have a giant leadership gap and when there's a leadership gap, somebody's going to step into that leadership gap. When when there's, when there's something's missing, someone's going to step into it. When When Moses goes... Up the hill here for a while, Aaron, who thinks he's a good leader, is going to say, give me all your jewelry, we're going to make a golden calf. He's going to make an utter mess of things. Now, he thinks he's a leader. He's been put in a position of leadership, partly because Moses didn't really want any part of it. But before long, Aaron is certainly going to be kind of fading out of the story a little bit more when it comes to the actual leadership. They go on to say that your grumbling is not against us, but against the Lord. How often do you think about that when you grumble about leaders in your community, leaders in your government, leaders in your church, leaders in your ministries, leaders in wherever? How often do you look at that and say, if God has really placed this person in a position of leadership, and I'm grumbling about them or I'm grumbling to them, I'm actually grumbling against the Lord kind of changes our perspective on this doesn't it oh it's easy to get upset i'm not saying you shouldn't be upset about things no i'm not sh- i'm not saying you shouldn't have conversations about things listen i think one of the worst things that can happen is for a person to be in a position of leadership for a number of years and no one ever have the courage to say can i talk to you can i tell you how you come across when you say this I feel like when you communicate this or do this, this is how it's being perceived. I, I, I think as a leader, you, if you're really a leader, you're humble enough to say, man, I'm not infallible. I'm not infallible. I want to be approachable. I'm not a doormat, but I will be approachable. You can have conversations with me. I've had people confront me on things that I've said, and I've said on the podcast that, yep, you are absolutely correct. Sometimes it took me a while to process, yep, you're absolutely correct. I've had people confront me on things that I thought, you're wrong. Or I would say, I I I understand where you're coming from. However, from this angle, this is why I'm doing it this way. It doesn't mean I have to agree on everything. And sometimes you say, you know what, you might be right. And you might be wrong. But nevertheless, hopefully we can still agree on this. Not always the case, but you're grumbling against the Lord. So they go on to say, this is what you're going to do. This is what's going to happen. In the morning, you're going to have this. In the evening, you're going to have this. So it said in the evening, verse 13, quail came up and covered the camp and in the morning dew lay around the camp. And when the dew had gone up, there was on the face of the wilderness, a fine flake like thing, fine as frost on the ground. When the people of Israel saw it, they said to one another, what is it? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, it is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. He had given them their daily bread. Now the instructions will be that if you try to collect too much, it's going to spoil. If you try to save some for later, not going to work. You're only going to collect your daily bread. It reminds me of what Jesus taught us to pray. Give us today our daily bread. What is our daily bread each day? We don't know. The question they ask themselves is, what is it? What is this thing? I feel like that. perhaps that's something we need to have, like maybe on an index card next to our, our, on our nightstand before we get up in the mornings. The question, what is it? God, what is it today that you are going to provide that I could not otherwise provide for myself? God, what is it today that you're going to show me, teach me, demonstrate for me, put on display for me, set me, set in front of me the opportunity you're going to provide or whatever that otherwise left on my own, I would have completely missed it? God, what is it? I think that's a great question we need to ask every day. God, what is it? I'd say most of the days I've been on this planet, as I got up in the morning, that was not the first thought in my mind. My first thought was thanking the Lord for waking me up and then let's get on with it. Let's get on with the day. Let's get on with what we need to do. and What's set before us and the question we may want to consider is, what is it? What is it? Going out to verse 19, Moses said to them, let no one leave any of it over till morning. But they did not listen to Moses. Shocker. They didn't listen to Moses. Some left part of it till the morning, and it bred worms and stank, and Moses was angry with them. Morning by morning they gathered it. Eat as much as you could eat, but when the sun grew hot, it melted. Okay, you can eat. You can eat. Get full. I know you want meat, pots, and bread. This is what the Lord is providing. And they're going to eat this for the entire time that they are wandering the wilderness. Verse 26, the Lord said to Moses, How long will you refuse to keep my commandments and my laws? See, the Lord has given you the Sabbath. Therefore, on the sixth day, he gives you bread for two days. Remain remain, each of you in his place. Let no one go out of his place on the seventh day. God had completely provided. He had completely provided enough food for those six days. That sixth day, we're going to double up, get ready for the seventh day. The seventh day was going to be rest because they're going to need it to continue the journey. God had provided everything. And yet they continue to miss it. Even when they knew they were slaves in Egypt, even when they knew they were almost murdered right on the doorstep of the Red Sea, even though they knew they couldn't drink the water and God had turned it to water that was drinkable, even though they had knew they had absolutely no food, and what do you know, Uber eats out of the sky, on the ground, here's all this food. What is it? It's food. It is provision. God said, I'm doing this to test to see what's in their heart. And they decided, still not going to trust Moses. Here's my word of encouragement for you people who are leading in any capacity, whether it's just simply within your home, whether it's in your church, community, a government, political situation. Maybe you're out in the public's eye. I don't know where you're at. Maybe you're leading young men and women. Maybe you're in the classroom. I don't know. There will always be people who will challenge any credentials you think that you have. I like that Moses isn't walking around with his credentials, no lanyard around his neck, no ID badge to get him in the building. He's not walking around with his resume because he really doesn't have one. All he knows is he's a man called to this position to be faithful. And there's people, regardless of what has transpired in front of their eyes, there are things that happen in the first 16 chapters of Exodus that will never happen within your leadership. So don't be shocked when people question your leadership. Don't be shocked when people look at you and are not sure if you're qualified, to be the leader within whatever sphere you're in. And it's not your job to prove to them otherwise. I have the credentials. I have the education. Who cares? I've said it before. If you got to tell them you are something, you're probably not. Oh, there's people all the time that will will look at me, regardless of whatever it is. I, I use you know we have the name the pursuit of manliness. I can't tell you how many times I've been interviewed for a podcast, and the first question out of their mouth is, "So, what is this pursuit of manliness?" And there's real like this mockery that this this big misogynistic, you know, bro cave thing going on. And so you begin to explain to them, and it's funny to listen to them just go, "Oh, okay, okay, sounds good, yeah, yeah." But that that's not what they wanted to do, did they? I can't say how many guests get on and they see me and they see a beard or a flannel shirt and go, oh, I guess maybe I should have wore my whatever. No, where would you wear, man. What are we doing? <laughs> what are we? Thankfully, we edit all that out of a podcast. But what are we doing? Who cares what you look like? Lead within your sphere of influence. If you have kids, you know that they don't always think you're the smartest person. Not your job to yell and scream at them until they think you're smart, until you know what you're talking about. You love, love them well, lead them well. Hey, sometimes you miss. Sometimes you get it right. Sometimes you get it wrong. Here, God is giving Moses undeniable evidence. You are the person to lead, and he's still going to struggle big time. He's giving the nation of Israel undeniable evidence that he is God, and he is using Moses to lead the people, and they still don't trust, even as they're gathering food, that they have no idea where it came from. It's like Moses just put on the best potluck in the world and he said, just take two slices of pizza and they take seven and stuff four in their pocket. Like, there's some people, they're just never going to get it. They're just never going to get it. They just can't help themselves. (laughs) There's some people, common sense is not common. They just don't have it. And so here's Moses leading the nation of Israel they're not trusting him. They're complaining around every corner. Oh, by the way, we're not done yet. If you, know, if you know the story, they're not done complaining. We're not done having obstacles to overcome by any stretch of the imagination. We'll do our best to try to unpack it. But here we see that God provides. What was their response? Grumbling, complaining. What was God's response? Mercy, food, provisions. They don't know that Moses is interceding for them. They don't know that Moses and God are having conversations. Frankly, they don't even care. If you're in a position of leadership, you're going to lead people that frankly don't care. You're going to lead people who are apathetic, who are indifferent towards you, who could care less. If you stand behind a pulpit, sit behind a table, they care less. If you take a hit on a vote or if you take you know, a bad rap for making a decision, they don't care. They just don't care. Some do. But what I'm, my point is this, you're always going to have the detractors. You're always going to have that. That doesn't change the call that God has set before you, right? That doesn't change the call that God has brought you to leading in any capacity whether it's just within your home and I don't minimize your home and hopefully you know that but I'm saying within your home it's just you and your wife or it's you and your wife and kids or you have stepkids or step grandkids whatever whatever variables you got that's a big deal within your neighborhood maybe you're the HOA guy I love those guys maybe you're HOA guy, maybe you're leading within your community maybe you're a first responder maybe you're a little league coach maybe you you know at the university maybe you're you know I, I, I don't know. But in any position of leadership, uh, to any degree, whether you volunteer to coach, you know, eight-year-old soccer, there'll be parents who will be ungrateful. There'll be somebody who thinks they could have done it better. It's not necessarily our job to prove them otherwise. It is our job to try to be as faithful as possible. Amen. There's one interesting little nugget, if you will. I want to get to, uh, thirty-two to thirty-three. 34, maybe. But men heard, we'll get to that over there. Men, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Let's keep pursuing biblical manliness.